Mr. Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today's episode kicks off a new series on the monthly check-in. We're going to do these every month from now until the 2021 elk season. We're going to go through what we think most guys should be doing and what Josh and I are doing each month to get ready and keep the fire alive for the 2021 season. Keeping the fire alive. Hey, Baxter. I got (laughs) you. Keeping the fire alive. Yeah, we got to. uh, I'm really excited for this one. I say that about a lot of these podcasts, but this is... Like this is the nuts and bolts of elk hunting. It's not a one week thing, right? This is like, it's year round, right? And if you're going to be successful, it's thinking about it in February is where you have to be. So I'm super excited for this episode. Yeah, me too. And uh, to kick it off, I mean, I mean, we're, we're going to cover what most guys should be doing and then what we're doing. But the mm-hmm. first thing I want to ask is uh, maybe some skeptical person's listening. They're like, wait, shouldn't you guys be doing what most guys are doing? Like, what's the difference you think? Yeah, well, I, th- I think it's like everything in life, <laughs> getting real, <laughs> real meta. But it's um, it's super unique, depending on your situation. Uh, and I think the angle we want to take it is for guys, like you know, guys hopefully know our backgrounds by now. Like I'm five years in, killed a few elk. Josh, your second year in. So we want to kind of look backwards and for the people that we feel like we can help, which would be folks following you know, first, you know, one to five seasons, what, what do we think would have been great for me to tell myself a few years ago? Mm, yeah. So that's the angle we'll take, but yeah, it's going to be totally unique for each person. And what I might be doing might, is going to be very different than what you might be doing. And so I think between those three of like, what's the general person, what's me, what's you, I think guys will get a really good idea of great stuff to be tackling as you're getting ready for, for next year. Yeah. And I know one time you mentioned, or I think multiple times you mentioned, Hey, this is the advice for probably like 80% of guys out there. Like there will be edge cases all the time, but this will cover it. So maybe we start off with that advice, like what people should be thinking about from your perspective, Baxter for February. And then we can dive into like what I'm doing, what you're doing specifically. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what are the, what are the big things? For the things, and this one's gonna, you know, it's gonna encompass a little bit of January. We're obviously getting it out in Feb, so that's why we're going that way. But I think it's, it really boils down to three things for me that are like always the beginning of the year. One is, you know, tags. That's number one. We we did the episode on that. You guys can go listen to that one for the deep dive. Um, the second, and we we can hit a little bit here. The second would be timing. Yeah, so when are you gonna go? So you're figuring out where you're going. And the second is, you know, when are you going? Um, and then the third is you know, building the base because I think it's really easy with elk to you know crunch do crunch time two to three months before. And when it comes to fitness, that definitely doesn't work. Archery skills, it kind of works, and gear, it's super expensive and painful to try to get it all, especially in a year of COVID and all these supply problems. It's already tough in a normal year to get what you need in like June, but this year it's going to be very difficult to get everything set up so it's a good year to really plan ahead gotcha so should we start with which one you just want to start with out of those three yeah maybe we just hit the tags i mean we did the whole episode the deep dive if guys want to jump in but i think you know for me personally um this one is going to overlap a bit with what i'm doing but if you haven't really figured out your tag strategy by january hell these days it's got to be november unfortunately you're missing out because you're not going to Idaho this year at this point. <laughs> Those tags are all sold, right? Um, you know, I think Wyoming hits early, early Feb. 
So mm-hmm. by the time this gets out, it might even be done. Um, and then you, it's not like you can make those decisions in isolation. If you have a strategy of what kind of tag and what kind of thing you want to pull, you have to figure out you know, where am I going to apply? When am I going to pull that? Because if you don't one state, you want your fallback and then you want, you kind of want to make your plans together because if you don't, you might end up with too many tags or none at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so great episode for guys to listen to go listen to that one. But for me personally, I've figured out, you know, already at this point, I'm doing a lot of research to figure out what I, where, what could I get? What do I think I want to do? And then like, what's my strategy for the year? Um, and for me personally, you know, just tripping over to the personal side of this, like this is a, not a layup year, but this is a great, super exciting year for me. because It's my first year as a resident of an elk hunting state. And I've just decided I'm going to hunt the state and focus on that. Um, there's an outside chance. I go to another state. I have points for, we're talking to someone we know there, trying to figure out if it's worth the effort, but um, new baby, uh, new situation, new everything and having something two and a half, three hours, four or five, whatever it is from home you know, a drive that's easy. Um, I really want to be here. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I'm focusing a lot of energy on making sure I'm going to the right place on scouting the places I'm at being super fired up about the opportunity I've got going on and then making sure I bank the points and the the things I want to do and proactively not doing or spending money on the other stuff. Um, so I spend a good week or two of, a, of analysis of the things I want to get after in the year, but that's my, my strategy, right? Some guys might be saying, Hey, this is the year I've got freedom. I'm going to try to get something great. Yeah. And I got my tag. So you did big yeah. sigh of relief. I will be elk hunting next year. And I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. 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 You, uh, it was pretty cool. You knew exactly what you had to do after last season and you were very on it. I was pretty proud of that. You were, it wasn't like, Oh, should I do this? You were like there on day one moment one, you got it done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When I sent when I sent you that text and I was like, I got an elk tag. Like, oh man, yeah. that feeling was really good. I was, I knew what I was going to be doing that September. Yeah. Um, and it's so, really cool and bidding too, I feel, right? When you get that, because you're like, you now have, I think one of the hardest parts of elk hunting and why this, that's one of my top three pieces of advice for February, you know, middle of the winter is like, it's when you get that tag and you're like, that day, this is happening, you now have a goal and it's super exciting. You're like, it's going to happen. It's not like, hey, maybe I'll buy a tag at a state in like June, right? It's like, no, it's, I'm going. Yep. Um, so I think it's really motivating for me, at least. Yeah, it's been me too. Me. me too. The yeah. golden ticket is there. And um, I was telling you, I was so fit in September, we were, you know, hiking every single day and mm-hmm. at elevation too. And when I went back to California, I just, I just kept running. I just kept running a lot. And, uh, so we can talk a little bit more about building the base and fitness in a sec, but it's good to yeah. have that, that benchmark in front of you, knowing that that's, that day is going to be there. And the more, the more fit you are, like the more you'll get out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes and they all kind of tie together here, but if you've got the tag nailed down, the only other thing you need to figure out is timing. Right. Um, and then that kind of goes with the base, but if you've got that, that time, you know, when you're going to go and what you're going to do, it gives you like a really good, really good timeline to work back on how you're going to build your fitness and your gear and all your other stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause an Elcon at the beginning of September versus in Montana in mid October with a bow or a late season in Arizona in November, those are really different things. And it doesn't, you know, it always at this point in the year seems like it's so far away, but no, it's not. I mean, two to seven is, like, or sorry, two to seven, two to eight, which is really, you know, mid August is when you're most guys are pretty much there. You can't really make any change at that point. That's six months away. That's really quick. 
Right? Oh, that's man. 24 weeks. Like you're like, what? Oh, wow. I always wake up in February, you know? And, it, and so most now tying it all back to what you were talking about with building the base, that's kind of piece number three is you know, most exercise plans and most meaningful change. You talk to any sort of endurance coach, it's going to be a 20 week program, mm-hmm. 16 minimum, 20, 24 week program. And that's pretty much right now. Right. Wow. Um, so I think that's, you know, for me, for that third piece, that's you know, getting your tag, figuring out the timing of when you're going and three and on timing, we did that episode last year as part of the hunt elk in 2020 series on, you know, best time to go in the season. A lot of strong opinions on that. Um, which is fun, strongly held opinions of someone who's gone you know, five or six years. But <laughs> I think you, this year, you, we talked a lot about that. You were like, Hey man, I don't, I didn't see more or less elk action at some magical date or when the full moon or X, Y, Z. I mean, actually let's, let's grab that. We should probably talk about that one now, just for guys that are going to go back and listen to that. But did you, do you feel like there was a, a time in the season you're like, that would have been better off or anything that you felt correlated with better chance of getting out? Uh, pretty much around the day you shot yours, <laughs> you know, what was that? The 10th, I think that was the 10th, 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to be there. I think, oh man, if I had to pick like a week, maybe like the second week of September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good week. And I mean, I think you, this, that's first elk season. So hopefully as you go two or more, you'll get to see like, what was the moon phase during that period into that. But I think like we talked about in that episode, um, moon phase doesn't really matter. It's just how you hunt. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the peak of the rut doesn't really matter. It's just kind of random luck in the area. But uh, it, you know, I feel like that second week is a good bet for most guys. Just default to that and forget yeah. what everyone else is telling you about. This is the perfect day. Because mm-hmm. the worst thing about the perfect day is everyone else shows up then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that yeah. night we had a red light headlamps on and we were sent we went back to camp and they were just going off <laughs> everywhere just around us going nuts oh my gosh yeah. i didn't even put earplugs in that night because i was like i want to hear them like want to i don't hear care it. if they wake me up i'm so <laughs> excited see i'm a little jaded i was like oh these things gotta shut up <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's the best feeling on earth for like the first 45 minutes and you're like now nah, i gotta sleep <laughs> I remember we were both angled uphill so bad that it was like sliding into the, yeah, that was brutal. That That was the night before we killed that one. It was, it was the worst night of sleep, the worst setup for camp, angles and everything, but most elk going off. And then the next morning we left, left all our food in the tent and went up after that guy and didn't eat all day and packed it out. Oh, what a day. Well, there you go. So got Josh just gave you a nugget, you know, go the second week of September. (laughs) (laughs) Minus two or three weeks. Because it's fine. Um, you pick a time and got your tag, you're set. Um, and you've been, Josh, to, to hit a bit on what you're doing, you've been pretty good at the fitness thing. Like you said, that's probably one of your top three, right? Yeah. Real quick, uh, before jumping in, into that, um, ti- on timing, uh, Baxter, I know you have some quick tips on like vacation time. Maybe we go mm-hmm. over that again for people like new listeners of the podcast. You got a really cool hack for how to get the most out of September or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight is just reference old episodes night. Right. But there's the whole one on, you know, picking, uh, you know, where to hunt, like which state and then, you know, when to go and, and then the hacks on that. So guys can pick those up and they've got the detail, but the short of it was that, you know, my, my favorite strategy is going for like a short stint for a weekend. Um, usually Labor Day weekend or any other weekend, 
been tagging one other day on. So you can drive your car out. You can do whatever it is to get out there, get established and leave all your stuff there. Uh, fly back during the week. You know, hopefully during the time of COVID, some people are able to work remote. That'd be pretty cool too. Um, but I used to fly back to where I you know, was, was at, hang out there during the week and then fly back and take a full week off. Mm-hmm. So essentially for, you know, five plus one vacation days, six days of vacation, you get 12 days of elk hunting, um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and if you do Labor Day, you could get, you know, well over 10 days for five days of vacation. So you really are maximizing your time. Um, it's a, that kind of creative strategy right now. Now is a really good time to buy plane tickets, right? Everybody's, they're dirt cheap still. They won't be in three, four months when vaccines start busting out. I mean, not that they can predict the world who can, but they're, they're certainly not going to go down more, I hope. Um, and they're fully refundable, right? When you buy them now. So it's a great time to load up on those two flights. Mm-hmm. Get that yeah. set, lock the stone. Yes, yeah, it's a super good hack for for the timing. Drive out, yeah. leave it there one weekend, work the next week back home, and then two, a full week with two weekends. Oh, yeah, man. and yeah. the quick uh, quick sell on that one too is especially that's great for residents and guys that hunt hard and are like really experienced and all. That's great for everyone, but it really is great for first timers, for people that are at sea level, people that don't live in elk country, because you get a weekend to your own butt and mm-hmm. kind of test all your strategies and all the things you've been thinking about for the year. And then you get four or five days to regroup. Mm-hmm. So you physically laugh, recover. Uh, you can't do that during a straight one week. Well, cunt. like if you're tired on day three, you're done. Like yeah. you failed. Like you're, you're <laughs> hunting ineffectively for the next four or five days and then you're gone. Um, so if you go for two or three days and you kick your butt, you get four or five days to kind of recover. That's amazing. And also maybe you go and your A and your B spot don't have elk and, you're like, this is not working. I'm doing something wrong. You have time to you know, quickly scout some other stuff to you know, just step back and think about it versus, hey, I've got to make a call to go tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., right? Right, right. Uh, so it's a good, it's really productive. Yes, I feel like everyone should be doing it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so let's see, tags, timing. Yeah, building the base. I think, you know, I break that down to the definitely, definitely the physical, like training. Um, because that's something you know, we've talked about this in the past. You can't make massive changes. You know, sometimes you can't in strength, but you can't in endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so building that now is makes life so much easier, and it's just good for you. Yeah, my um, old uh, yeah. when I was doing the marathons and the ultra marathon training, uh, my old running coach uh, said, like maybe if you work really hard, you can hit your VO2 max or maybe not like full max, but like up there in that 95 percentile, your VO2 potential, maybe in a full year of really hard training, <laughs> like maybe. Possibly. So, yeah. yeah. So like, it, yeah, the endurance stuff takes a long time. So I'm, I'm probably the most proud of myself in terms of this year's preparation on the fitness side. Cause I know mm-hmm. last year I, I did kind of <laughs> try to squeeze it in the last like month or two two months ish. Mm-hmm. but this yeah. year since elk season you know we, we i got super fit in september hiking every single day and just when i got back to sea level i was like wow this is awesome my cardio is amazing <laughs> my lungs like i like they feel great and i just kept running so i've been yeah. running three four times a week and maybe even five times some some weeks um since I haven't stopped, uh, January 1st, ran a half marathon with a buddy just on our own. And I was pretty good. Like took one nice. rest day after that and took a jog after and the next day, my knees were good. So pretty good. 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm really happy about that. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'd I'd say you the physical side, like you can't ever build that too early. Like it's it's way better to do minimal amount consistently now than do ten times that, you know, a few times later. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's awesome you're like keeping that alive, right? Um Thanks. just doesn't doesn't get any better than that. The and I feel like guys too, it's winter, it's tough. You know, I'm I'm in a place where it's cold and snowy, but I mean, I just put on a ton of clothes. I'll sneak out for a mountain bike ride. I'll go for a run, you know. Oh, it's snowy, it's icy. Just buy Catula micro spikes, stick them on your running shoes. You know, like there's ways to get around it. You know, put your pack on, throw a few books in it, go hike up a hill. Don't have hills, hit the Stairmaster, right? The gym's closed because of COVID. Great, buy some flower sacks and do get-ups in the garage. Like there's a trillion different ways to be fit. And I think you, for me personally, and a lot of other guys, like it's one of the best realizations is when you're like, there's just, there's always an excuse, you know, and the, but there are a million ways to work out. And we've had discussions on what we think are the right way to train for elk hunting. And I know there's guys that are unbelievably fit and talented that have been hunting elk for 30 years. It'll tell you exactly what, but I think the, the advice I'd give to the 90, 99% of people is like, if you're doing anything, that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> something <laughs> right. i do it consistently for like you know a few hours a week and that's that's really good yeah because yeah. if you don't train physically it's almost like doing normal life with ankle weights on when you show up yeah it, it's just gonna hold you back so much and I, it held me yeah. back like i know you learned that the hard way right you were really candid about it you're like even though you told me i went out and i did it month or two of really hard stuff and then then i just got my butt kicked i mean you're mm-hmm. you learned only one way to learn it. Everyone does it. I got the same thing. Your first year, you always, always underrate how important the physical stuff is. Yeah. And I just can't wait to, to show up that day feeling just ready to conquer those mountains, you know? Yeah. Uh, that confidence I think is, is hard to replace. Um, and a quick note on the, uh, no excuses. I remember you telling me a story about how in was it in San Francisco when you were working, you would run stairs like in the building. Yeah. In the building. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many flights of stairs were you running? I don't even know. Cause I mean, the building was like 50, 60, whatever. So I'd, I'd go up and down two or three times. <laughs> I mean, it was, I just, I would never really, sometimes I wouldn't even run to the bottom. I just go back and forth, four or five flights, back and forth, back and forth. Right. Um, and that's, I mean, you find a staircase anywhere in the world and that's a great training tool phenomenal mm-hmm. training tool for elk hunting. That's all you do is you walk up and down mountain staircases with a backpack on. Yeah. Or you find um, a hill in your neighborhood and just go up and down, up and down. Um, yeah. I think there was a That's all elk hunting is. You're up and down the side of the hill. That's it. Yeah. 90% of your elk hunting training load is up and down the side of the hill. Yeah. You pull a bow and you carry some heavy stuff if you're lucky. <laughs> Everything else is just hiking up and down. <laughs> right. I think I saw a video on Instagram of someone who did a, a marathon on their driveway. <laughs> when COVID, when yeah. COVID first happened, it was like, dude, no yeah. excuses. Um, yeah. one last random anecdote, uh, before my ultra marathon, I had a 10 day sprint where I went to a, a meditation retreat, so I couldn't mm-hmm. run. So I had a little jail cell like room for just myself. And I would just do thousands of jumping jacks in my room <laughs> and like lunges. I did so many lunges. It was ridiculous. Yep. And then it, I ran just fine during the race, but yep. anyway, um, no, I mean, that's a air, like I've seen amazing, if you're bored and want a little motivation, Google like 30 days of push-ups or 30 days of squats, right? Mm-hmm. Guys, it's amazing what that does to someone's body if they do even 50 push-ups for 30 days straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys are listening, like I can't do any of that stuff, like just do pick a number, pick 50 or 100 sit-ups, pick you know 
30 push-ups or something you're like oh that's really tough but if i could do it if you can do that every day or you know six days a week take the seventh day off do that for a month then like that that's what i'm trying to say with this is like it doesn't have to be some perfectly choreographed weightlifting routine that dovetails with 80 percent cardio you know lifting things up mountains on off camera with the boots on right like it's just anything so that's that's what i'm saying by building the base right now it's like you're just keeping or building fitness um yeah so that well uh maybe yeah. i can uh rant a little bit about like habit building and 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 behavior change while we're on the topic of like doing things daily um, yeah well that's kind of one of your three right like i think the we hit the three of her i'm just saying generically which is you know tags figuring out your tags figuring out the timing you're building the base right for guys and the base in my mind is exercise it's you know shooting and skills and then three it's the gear but we can hit those other two later mm-hmm. some points but for you you know what are the three things that you're you're kind of doing right now like yeah first, first thing, was so. the fitness so a lot of cardio yeah. I, I run four times a week or at least that's the goal i've been hitting that uh i have the numbers but i'm not gonna pull them up but yeah i've been running four times a week and then i do strength training three times a week um at home right now it's just kettlebells and a steel mace which is kind of a fun piece of equipment and then i got mm-hmm. a pull-up bar um, so i just do a bunch of push-ups pull-ups core stuff nice. kettlebell stuff yeah um and then yoga three times a week just uh injury yeah. prevention and whatnot i'm so unflexible the so, more the older i get the more i'm like flexibility is so key yeah so that's the fitness that's one second was i i participated in our local archery league um and i shot that league for three months and it just ended a couple weeks ago that was really great for shooting with just amazing target shooters like some of these guys they just hit nothing but the 10 ring and the x ring all day and it that was cool and then third is Mm -hmm. thing i wanted to touch on was just habit building i've been working with a coach and he's had some really interesting perspective on behavior change and habit building. So Mm -hmm. those, those are my three, three things. And you, I mean, it's the coaches for work, right? It's for uh, not an L coach just to clarify. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like an executive coach, life coach, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's a great bleed over. This stuff isn't in isolation. It's not just all elk. It's like making yourself a better person, better, you know, better uh, individual because that that affects every area of life right like i think Mm -hmm. that's part of the fun bit of elk hunting is it just inspires you to be better everywhere what's uh you know i know you're really focused on building good habits and what um like how are you approaching that how are you thinking that yeah so i feel like there's so many different philosophies around good habits some people say oh it takes 21 days to build a habit other people are like no it takes 66 days to build a habit um and like do you do some people are like start with tiny habits like just floss one tooth a day and you know sooner or later you're gonna end up flossing every teeth tooth every day and mm-hmm. i think the components to keep in mind when someone's trying to build a new habit and this is completely stolen from my coach the first is familiarity with the new behavior if it's something mm-hmm. that's completely new and you just like oh man i've never done yoga a day in my life and now i want to do it three times a week like you don't even know where to start there's it's just such a yeah. high barrier to entry so that's the first thing to consider and then uh the so like things that you're more familiar with will be easier to build habits around um mm-hmm. the most important point he said though is 
in terms of ha- behavior change and building habits, the most important thing is just consistent effort towards the desired behavior. No matter how many times you, how many days you skip, Christmas comes up, you don't work out, you just doesn't even matter. You just come back and you just consistent effort towards mm-hmm. the new behavior. And one thing I found that works really well for me is uh, I like to track my habits because um, mm-hmm. it's very motivating to see like, oh, like last week, like I meditated, oh, I hit a hundred percent, you know, like last month I hit 90%. Oh, that's cool. Maybe I can try to hit 95 this month. So mm-hmm. I've tried like four or five different apps. And the one I really like the best is an app called done D O N E. We're not sponsored by them. It's like it, you can do put three, three habits in there for free. I like it because you can look at the current week uh, and last mm-hmm. week and the week before it'll show you completion percentage and you can mm-hmm. look at month and year as well. Um, and it doesn't have to be just daily habits. So for example, my yoga one, I'm trying to do it three times a week. So yeah. as long as I hit it three times within the week, it'll give me that hundred percent completion for the week and you can mm-hmm. build streaks and stuff. And the UI on the app's really clean and simple. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the, that's my little rant. Uh, I, actually Great. one quick note. Uh, they did yep. a study on people who tried to quit smoking mm-hmm. and they found that like, the more times they attempted to quit, the more likely they were to actually quit. So people (laughs) who are like, all right, this is the year I'm going to quit smoking January 1st. Let's do it. And they quit for like 10 days and then they relapse next year. They do it again that maybe they quit January 1st. They, they stick it out for like 20 days and then they relapse again. It doesn't matter every single time they try gets them closer to actually sticking to it better. That's Um, awesome. That's encouraging. That's uplifting stuff. (laughs) There's a chance. But I mean, it's transitioning it to all kind of stuff. There's a lot of habits we've talked about in the past, like your shot sequence and how you should always have that dialed in so that it just happens naturally. It's um, you you approach packing your gear and dealing with your gear day in and day out. It's habits around um, how you think, habits around how you train. Like there's so many of those things that are, yeah, they're really important for life and business and what else, your career, whatever you're doing. But I think with elk hunting too, they're, they're critical. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I've, like we said in the other podcasts, like more elk are killed in the spring and summer than are killed in September. Cause it's like, you've, you know, you don't think of, like you can't in the moment when that elk busts through the brush, you can't magically put in the work to get a perfect shot sequence and execute. But maybe what you did in February, where you really nailed that down and made it a habit, even if you went and blank bailed, you know, every other day in your garage, you made that a habit in February that that's what killed that elk, right? So it's, yep. there's so many of those things that are, it's, yeah, it's a really inspiring as they're just kind of getting fired up for the season. Yeah. Thanks. Um, what, how about you? What are your, your things that you've been working on lately? I know you've been building some arrows some and yeah, yeah. Doing some other stuff. I'm, uh, um, you had, I'd break it down. So we're kind of doing the rule of three here. Right. But you know, for me, it was first one was applications and strategy. Like we already talked about that. I spent a bunch of time looking at that, thinking about it. And since I've done it other years, like you said, with habits, it's easy. I've got my spreadsheet or just, like guys always freak out when you say spreadsheet. They don't want to talk. They don't, they like tune out. I have my Word doc or my spreadsheet, whatever it is, I just write down random stuff on from last year and I left it in my notes and I'd look it up every year. Just do something like that. And um, I have like, hey, here's all the units I applied to. And I just wrote a little quick why I did it. And you know, here's a process and something I should make sure to do. And I just looked at that. And that saved me a week or two of effort this year, right? I just looked at that, said, hey, this is what I want. This is what I don't. And 
So that was kind of piece one, figuring out what my strategy was and what I'm going to do this year. Um, it was a big piece. We talked about fitness. That's number two for me as well. Like, I, it's funny because of the three we're saying generically people should do, we're both doing the fitness thing, right? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I've done a bunch of random stuff and really like it. I thrive on kind of learning new things and just um, change. Like I'm not the guy... I mean, I've done the Ironman. I've done things that require incredible consistency with similar, you know, just day after day routine, but I love kind of mixing it up. Um, mm -hmm. So I've done a lot of chucker hunting, which is unbelievable exercise. That's like six hours. That's elk hunting, right? Yeah, that's, that's insane. We went that one day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Six or eight hours of that is it's as good or better than any elk hunting day. Um, so I'll do that on the weekends kind of to get my big days in and kind of keep me uh, really fit. Uh, I do a lot of running, right? Well, but I do kind of two to run trail running up here, even in the snow, I'll just throw a little cramp on like, you know, those Catula micro spikes have changed my life. Um, I'll do road running, you know, here trails or not trails, like cement based flat stuff, right? When it is really, truly cold and you can't uh, hit the trails or more, I should say muddy, right? If it's truly cold, you can hit the trails. They're frozen. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll do that. Uh, I've been doing kind of body weight stuff around the house. I've been doing some stretching and yoga too, just because I've had so many injuries and other things over time. And they, I realized they, they do fundamentally limit your strength and your mobility. So your mobility is key. So I have been doing some stretching. Yeah, do you use uh, an app for yoga or, or I, you know, I tend YouTube to, or? I use YouTube most of the time. Yeah. And I'll, Honestly, I'll just kind of follow my wife sometimes. I'll yeah. Be, hey, let's do 15, 30 minutes of yoga. Mm -hmm. um, she's, yeah, she's the expert. So, you know, hey, if you can't motivate, get someone else to motivate, right? Yeah. Follow yeah. along. Because I got the daily um, yoga app. I ended up paying for the subscription. It's like mm -hmm. 70, 70 bucks a year. But there's like, it's just easy because, like, I don't know, like, whatever, all these different poses. So I just click play, put my earbuds in, set the phone down, and all right, I'm going to yep. follow along here. <laughs> like, I'm on the ride yeah. now, not getting off. <laughs> And that's a great, that's a great use of money. People are, it's spend money on random things, like just like, but $70 an app that even if you used it four times, mm -hmm. if I, if I came up to you and I said, Hey, could you buy, like, if I told you $16 would make you do a yoga session, would you spend that? You'd be like, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. That'd be what that cost divided by four. Right. So, right. Um, well, not, not exactly, but close enough, 17, 50 some, but, um, <laughs> So that's one. I've done mountain biking here when when the trails are good. They're clean. They're open. That that's really great. Any sort of biking, I think, is super good. Low impact exercise if you don't eat it. <laughs> uh, so I've been doing a ton of random fitness stuff. That's been really good because for yeah. me that period with the baby, first five or six months was because uh, he's six and a half months old now. So he's kind of wow. stabilizing a little bit, which is means i can get back into fitness a little bit more <laughs> yeah and time flies yeah goes uh, crazy crazy quick so yeah so apps fitness um and then yeah like the gear side of it um we kind of i kind of brushed through that on building the base but i think you know fitness that's got to be done full force in february the archery stuff i'd say like you should be definitely not just like completely blowing it off that one's been more of a do as i tell than what i or do as i say than what i I do. I've had a, <laughs> a tough spot here with all the stuff going on with work and other things, mm -hmm. um, transitioning jobs, baby moving, all stuff. Um, 
but you're keeping it a lot of that. And then the third one in the building base is like working on the gear now. I never think it's too early to work on the gear because once your system, I think you said this in one of our podcasts last year, once you get your system dialed, like you really don't have to that much. Mm-hmm. You kind of just tweak it. And so I get inspired and fired up, go work out and think about cutting by playing with the gear. Like that's just who I am. Um, mm-hmm. So helping uh, D, codename D, build some arrows, um, you know, pulling mine together. These probably be my hunting arrows. Who knows? Maybe I you know, keep them all intact, but building a set of arrows to kind of practice with and use that are, you know, identical to what I would use to shoot, but just kind of my, my spring arrows mm-hmm. building that up, um, which is always fun. gets you thinking about elk hunting and what you want to tweak on that. Um, I've also been picking up other kind of generally related things, uh, like, uh, to, you know, accuracy, like, uh, NRL 22. So for guys that haven't heard of that, it's the national rifle league stuff, the PRS, it's the, you know, the tactical shooting, uh, bolt action, accuracy kind of stuff, but they have series for 22 rifles now, uh, which I love. I'm, you know, I got into guns before the arrows and the bows, and it's something that's not that accessible for a lot of guys, but 22s are really accessible because they're legal pretty much everywhere. Uh, easy to get ammo everywhere. It's cheap everywhere. Well, maybe not this year, but normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're super, super fun, and they're very, very difficult to shoot accurately because they're so small that even the slightest input screws them up. So shooting a 22, the traditional wisdom is shooting a 22 at 100 yards. It's like 400 yards or 4x with a big center fire rifle. So oh. you know, 250 yard range, a 200 yard range, which you can find almost anywhere in the US is like an 800 yard, almost 1000 yard uh, range everywhere else. So it's really fun to do all the same stuff, um, especially you guys that are gun hunters. It's really good practice for me. I find it actually really has helped archery too, because it's, it's the same focus and attention to detail and kind of mindset. Is so that's just something I'm doing on the side to keep the fire alive, as we said at the beginning of this, and like you know something new, keep myself excited. That's um, so cool. Yeah, uh, so it's been yeah. a little side project, but that's kind of that's what I'm up to in February to kind of keep waited for elk season. That's awesome. The The rifle stuff's really fascinating. Like shooting sports, I think are really fascinating to me. I, Roger, um, he was the episode that we published last week, uh, archery sensei, and he does mm-hmm. riflery too. And he coaches all kinds of shooting sports, but he'll say it's the same thing, but he also mm-hmm. says stuff like shooting a bow is just like doing a d- jump shot. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, fundamentally it is, right. It's all the same thing. It's a coordination of body for accuracy. Right. Like you have to be the psych, um, the proprioception, the ability for you to understand where your body is and what it's doing is critical to all those sports. Yeah. So yeah, it's different muscle and you have to train it. I'm not saying you're going to be a good archer because you can shoot a gun well. Um, mm-hmm. Although I do believe you're going to have an easier time transitioning, mm-hmm. but the mindset and the way you think and the way you do that stuff absolutely is. And yeah, because that's a that's a great one. Yeah. yeah, like a golf swing or a free throw. And mm-hmm. Yeah, the part that is similar is, yeah, there's a setup, there's an initiation phase and a follow-through phase. Like they're all kind of the same and with the same mental process. So that's cool that you're doing that. Um, you're already shooting really well. I, I bet that like when you bring that back to archery, man, it's, yeah. I sure hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that all has affected me. And that's one of the ironies of moving here is that the you know, California had better ranges, more accessible ranges. They're oh, open the archery year round, ranges. you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they're, it's really the only thing you could do in that, in the Bay area. Cause they don't really want guns around. Right. Um, so there's tons of archery ranges. Uh, so it's funny to be in the heart of where archery is actually practiced yet. The access to it is far worse. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so, so we'll see. I'm still adapting to that and figuring out how to do it. I want to buy a, a target for the garage now that I've got somewhere to shoot further than five feet away. Um, so we'll, well, yeah, you were basically my... shooting in a closet before. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Wear your glasses, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not not often you think about an arrow breaking and ricochet from that. Um, you know, yeah. It's not normally your mental equation. So, yeah, but those are kind of three. Those are the three things I'm doing just to, to get ready for the season, fired up. And I guess glad a little bit about the equipment because I'm still, I'm kind of post thing the season a bit still. I'm still cleaning things. I'm still looking at things, still organizing and selling things that I don't want anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of always doing that. Oh, let me know if you're selling anything. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Great deals. Great deals for Josh. Great deals yeah. at the Baxter Bowman shop. <laughs> exactly. Cause I got to clear out the other stuff to test new stuff. Right. So, yeah. Um, well, I have your old tent. I got your old bow case. I got. It's true. <laughs> what else? Yeah, yeah, I could fully kit you at some point. <laughs> Man, I'm like, the left here. You get the old bows. That'd be really good stuff. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Um, I'm ha- I'm so happy with my bow. I think I'm gonna. St- I shoot that for target. I shoot that for. I I love like I, I take pride in the fact that I haven't changed anything up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, but- I think uh, that conversation with Roger just to go on a little bit of a diatribe that hopefully helps guys like if putting time and effort into picking a new bow up unless something's really wrong with your bow i think that's kind of a waste of money and energy Mm -hmm. to the point that roger brought up if it's not your gear um unless something's fundamentally wrong i mean if that's what gets you excited that's what gets you into it just do it sure but i think the best places to work gear is like your backpacking and your right the things that are going to be heavy and hard to carry around Mm -hmm. yeah Because the bow, like I found just the more, you know, I've had bows for a year, let's see, a year, two years, and then now three years have been the three bows I've kind of shot. Mm-hmm. And the every time, the longer you shoot any bow, just the better and better and better and better you get with that bow. Even if right. it's two years later, you're just getting better. Like I now, like just the other day, two months ago, kind of last really big session I was shooting that bow. Um I figured out exactly what was causing this right tail I got right now and then. And I'm talking like a half inch at 50 yards, but I'm like, what? What is that? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just because the 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 shelf, the bottom part of the shelf on the old PSC Stealth, which is what I have, uh, went down pretty low, and it was flat the whole way across thumbs, except higher than the rest of your hand. And that thumb was making that contact on that shelf. Oh wow! And just that little tiny bit of contact would torque the bow. Whoa. And uh, so now I know drop part of my sequence now is let the thumb hang down and that is remove these you know random one or two inch things that go to the right uh completely and so that's you know a year and 10 months into or no two years something into that bow right that's really cool to uh to get to know that and shoot it more and more and more yeah because every time you pick a new bow it's like you're starting archery all over again (laughs) basically right (laughs) kind of yeah and their bows have kind of plateaued the past few years to be honest yeah all they're really doing there's an era of speed mm-hmm. where they uh either did the speed race of the early 2000s and then into the early 10s 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they got to a point where it was about, um, it was more about like the vibration on the shed. Oh, and sorry. now it's more about like, you're sorry, no, it was more, first it was like the mid 2011s, 2015s was more the ease of draw. Like at first it was speed at all costs. Like, hey, we got to be able to draw this thing. And then now it's kind of shifted into, hey, it's got to be you know quieter. Hand truck. Right. That's been, those have been the three big trends in archery and bows in the past 20 years. And so really your, your bow from, I mean, the Hoyt defiance, the spiders before the defiance actually is faster, faster than some of the bows that are brand new today, six years later. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a little louder. They're a little harsher on the draw and they were a little bit, uh, you know, uh, they vibrated a bit. Mm-hmm. It's the only difference. And that honestly, with all your stuff on it, it's not that big of a difference. So right. um, I really should delete this episode if I ever decide to go with the sponsorship. <laughs> 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 but, but like the bow technology is like I said, it's kind of flattened out and really all they're doing is just making the bow easier to more user-friendly than um, some of the cool things are going around tuning, making that easier. And you know, I've seen some fun stuff as moving stable, like the moving stabilizer holes. And there's some little innovations that are great, but they're not there's nothing like i'm the ultimate gear guy and there's nothing out there that i'm like yeah, i gotta get that right right, um, right. so uh, i really am jumping all over it yeah well one thing i did do in preparation is i bought a ton of backpacking food because there was a big sale you know around mm-hmm. i think it was right right yeah. around the holidays it was like 20 percent off or something and i bought the big pack of them which is already nice. like 15 20 off yeah uh, so i just got like a huge discount i'll probably I'll probably still have some leftover by the time elk season comes if I don't go camping. Yeah. We hit that real on the building the base, but I think as far as equipment goes, buying stuff ahead of time this year, holy moly, it's going to be so important. I mean, guys that are that have firearms, it's literally impossible. Guns and ammo. I mean, I'm trying to do all the things in the past six months we've needed a chest freezer, um, a mountain bike, anything. It's, it's impossible to buy now because there's so much demand for it right because everyone getting into these things and hunting is one of those things where there's just so many more people that have ever wanted to do this or now doing this because it's something they can do locally right and without traveling you know they can use a car and they can go into the woods and be safe uh with covid stuff so a <laughs> little rant over but buying i i imagine this year it's going to be absolute chaos trying to buy things that are necessary for backcountry hunting in june maybe even may Wow. You know, in a normal year, you can't buy backpacks in June, July timeframe. They're sold out or they won't get there in time. I bet this year it'll be like April, May. Dang. So it's a really, really good time. It's the best time of the year to buy anything elk hunting and hunting because everyone's offloading their stuff from last that maybe didn't work for them. Or there was one incremental model with a different stabilizer that some guy wants. And, you know, it's a 0.3% increase, but he's got $1,500 to burn. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take advantage of that and buy his old stuff for a good price. You know, like you said, get the food pack you all, you wanted. You know, go through the list all the things that are broken because you can get you can get the discounts and get the stuff. You know, not only get it easy, but get it at a good price. And both yeah. of those things are going to be true in only three months from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So anything else? We, anything else we should cover? Things people should be doing in February. I think that's it. I mean, I think if guys are nailing down what their plans are they're working hard at the fitness side of things and then they're you know picking up the gear ahead of time they're like they're very much beating the curve uh, yeah i think that's a that's those are all really good winter activities and that's what we're doing so 
<laughs> Hopefully it works for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We'll, we'll do this, what, every month? So another one, next one will be in March. Yep. Yeah, and we'll, uh, I think what we'll, the last year was, we did the whole course, the you know, Hunt Elk in 2020 deal where we kind of compressed the entire, like, all the learnings we needed into that time frame. And I think what we're doing this year is digesting it a bit more. And we're revisiting a lot of those things, but talking, we'll talk more about it. It's like when it really matters time-wise. Because some of those mm-hmm. things we were releasing in July, August, three weeks before elk season reality, it would have been better maybe to think about that in March, April. Right. So, right. We're going to, yeah, I think once a month, check in and talk about the things that are really important to be doing right now. Because um, this, this is it. Killing an elk starts now and like listening and this stuff now. Um, and it could be surprisingly easy if guys are like super prepared and work hard. Like it's not anything magical I do during the season, like some call I have that no one else, some other <laughs> thing I do that like, it's the things you're doing for nine months ahead of time that just add up and add up and add up. Right. What's the, my favorite, one of my favorite ads of all time as a guy who's worked in product marketing was the, uh, the Nike one, you know, the, that uh, luck is the last dying hope of the unprepared. Mm. We talked about that last year. I love that quote. It's so good. It's so true. <laughs> the worst possible thing for you sometimes is you get lucky mm-hmm. and you think that you can get away with it. But man, if you're prepared, that's, that's where it's won. So anyway, yeah, this is exciting stuff. We'll keep checking in every month on where we're at and what we're doing, but uh, lots of fun stuff to come on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more deep dives, a lot more interviews and our monthly check-ins. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, if you like our show, please give us a review. Uh, Really appreciate getting the word out. It's cool watching the uh, listenership grow and getting more emails and spreading the love of elk hunting as we go along. And Baxter, you've been a huge mentor for me. So thank you. And it's cool that we get to have these conversations and other people get to benefit from your wisdom and smarts. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I think we said before, like, this is, uh, we're not making any money off of We're losing money off of this. We're just doing this for fun. And so, like, it's for guys to reach out and talk and share with a buddy and have a conversation. Like, that's super exciting. It's really fun to hear that and talk to guys and, um, like, just build a community of people are fired up about the same thing. So, uh, that's the only thing we'd ever ask for is just, you know, drop us a line or send it to someone, you know, and uh, we'll just keep doing it if we can. (laughs) Sounds good. We'll catch you uh, next week as usual.